Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Intelligent Talk Radio. Intelligent Talk Radio. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Here they are, the beauties, Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca, Linda Leatherdale at Linda Leatherdale, independent business journalist at LindaLeatherdale.com, Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament at Michelle Simpson, and former seatmate to the Prime Minister of Canada. They are the beauties, I am the beast, and hey, beauties. Hey, Hey, Roy. Hey, Roy. I couldn't be better if I had a magic wand. (laughs) That'd be fun. Well, I wish you'd do a little better work if you have that magic wand. I'd right. be fun to have a exactly. magic wand, wouldn't it? <laughs> Boy, you could do stuff. Uh, the Canadian economy is growing at over 3%. Who gets the kudos, Michelle? Uh, you know, I can't ascribe it to any one government the same way I couldn't do it for the Conservatives. I think there's a number of factors at play, um, but it certainly can't be ascribed to government policy, in my view. All right, Linda, who gets the uh, who gets the kudos? All of us hardworking taxpayers. Yeah. You know, I was just listening, Roy, to the show, and I, I'm thinking of all the entrepreneurs out there, all these people that take risks to start a business and employ people, and I can't believe this government is dead set to, 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 to kill them off. It, it just doesn't make sense. So I think we are lucky to live in Canada. It's one of the greatest nations, I believe, in the world uh, with a democracy and the right to uh, stand up for freedoms. But I don't think we're free. I think we're overly in debt. We're overly taxed. And I'm surprised. And I think I believe what Catherine has said, that maybe this economy is kind of a false recovery. There's an undercurrent there that, anyway, but let's just be, take yeah. a yeah, I'm looking at, I'm lo- I'm, who do, who do, Catherine, who do we pat on the back? Well, in my long history of dealing with governments of all political stripes, Whenever things are good, the government takes credit. Whenever things are bad, they always say, oh, it's global forces. In other words, not their fault, right? right. Yeah. And, and Michelle's right. This is not to say, though, I mean, to be fair, this is not to say that policy doesn't matter. It does matter. I mean, look at places like Venezuela. Can you really say that the government did a good job there, you know? I, I mean, we do see cases of good policy and bad policy. Uh, right now, though, if you're getting back to the Ontario economy, we have, and I circulated in our, a couple articles to you guys earlier this week, you guys earlier this week, there's a lot of question marks out there. And no, no, no doubt, we, we are posting some, you know, sort of numerical results that uh, look interesting right now. We're also comparing ourselves to the OECD, which is mostly Europe, which, by the way, has followed a serious socialist regime by and large for decades and have been paying the freight for that 
as a result. So let's not, you know, let's not compare ourselves to people that <laughs> frankly aren't doing that well. But right now in Canada, our, our, our recovery, our growth is predicated on things like oil prices recovered. Well, no government, I don't care who they are, has anything to do with oil prices. That's international. Yep. We know we have heavily indebted governments and consumers, which is a worry for the future, obviously, because those debts will have to be paid sometime. Uh, and we also see a, reco- a recovering U.S., which always has a beneficial. Okay, I, I can answer the question. I can the answer. I can. I can. Pot full of money, Catherine. And, I can answer that question. Well, even though I disagree with the thrust of that, and I don't care who does it. I remember having a debate with Harper when he said back in in 2008, "I'm going to spend all this money." I said, "Frankly, I don't think you need to." I might have been wrong. He might have been wrong. Who no, knows? but you won't disagree with me. With what? When I said I can answer the question, who's who gets the kudos for the growth in the Canadian economy? It's the very people who are being hammered with this tax fairness proposal. It's the small business community. It's the entrepreneurs. It's the people who risk everything in order to provide for the rest of us. Those are the people who deserve the kudos for That's the strength exactly of the economy. They deserve you know what, Roy, you're right. Absolutely. End of story. Yeah. End of story. And you know what bugs me? I, I've chewed over this you know, these tax changes for a while, obviously, and I've hearkened back to my days heading CFIB, and I can imagine how I'd be working 24-7 <laughs> on this issue if I was still heading up CFIB. And you know what bugs me even the most about it is it is a message to Canada's very hardworking entrepreneurs and job creators that you're cheats. That, that's yeah. what really irks me about this, yeah. is the undercurrent, the message it sends to people that are working very hard, by and large, and doing okay. Most are doing okay. Some are doing great, for sure. Some are doing horribly, losing their businesses and their homes. But it's sending a message to them that, you know what, you guys, you're tax cheats. And isn't, doesn't that undermine? Well, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious what kind of thinking goes into the uh, Michelle, what kind of thinking goes into putting forward this position? Because they know very well Catherine's correct. What they're the projecting is... You are making $150,000 a year. You are responsible for uh, us not being able to do what we want to do, so we're going to take more of your money in the interest of fairness. What kind of thinking goes into the messaging before they come up with something as as crazy as this? It's a wedge issue. And they're just trying to drive a wedge, and people are buying into it. who's, Who's buying into it? Well, you know, a lot of the, you know, hardworking little guys that say, yeah, you're all part of the 1%. Mm-hmm. And then the prime minister comes out with, you know, how wealthy he is the other day, mm-hmm. and more no, but, they, you know, for the large part, they're buying into it. I hear nothing but opposition, but I, I and you know what I've been hearing as well, and this is very encouraging, and it... It, it, I don't want to say it surprised me, but uh, it did in a way. I saw a number of replies from Canadians to the federal government saying, hold on a second, we support these very people, these small businesses, who are you're attacking because these small businesses are in my community and they're helping to drive my community forward, so hands off. Yeah. Hands off. Uh, Linda, what have you got about Quebec lowering taxes? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you about? Quebec again, I'm Roy? going back. Uh, this is, you left too soon, Roy. I did. You left too soon. So here is a province that 
is, what am I right now? Let me get this right. They're going to get equalization payments. They got eleven point one million, and they're going to get more. And yet they are awash in surpluses, which just totally shock, shocks me, Roy. What do you call it? The silly socialist of, what do you call it again? Well, the Socialist Republic of New France. Well, there you yeah, go, high taxes. And they are overtaxed. It's one of the highest tax jurisdictions in So what are they Canada. doing, though? So it's great. They, they, they say, the Premier says, we're awash in surpluses, so we are going to give corporate and consumer tax relief, which is great news. But then if you go out west... Where they've been struggling, as you know, we, oil prices, et cetera, and these equalization payments, why are they still getting money then? Like, well, what about, yeah. uh, look at how we've had the It's fire. just the idea of Quebec cutting taxes, which makes my brain fry. Well, you know, <laughs> and you know what's embarrassing, has, Ontario, has as Catherine said. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Well, I know you can't hear each other necessarily, but everybody's talking oh, at the same time. It's a problem with our phone system yeah. that one of these decades is going to get fixed. <laughs> um, I want to come back with something else for you uh, and, and your thoughts on this, because the prime minister earlier this week in a forum that was attended by the wife of Bill Gates. The prime minister of this country said something that really, really disturbed me, and I cannot for the life of me believe that almost no one is talking about it. If it had been Stephen Harper or if Donald Trump said something like this, the mainstream media would be firing off broadsides of headlines. But because it's Mr. Trudeau, it's basically been ignored. My view, we'll come back and I'll run that phrase by you and then we'll get your thoughts, beauties. It's the Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. If you're looking for real-life radio, you've come to the right place. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. We're back with uh, the beauties, Linda Leatherdale, Michelle Simpson, Catherine Swift, Beauties and the Beast on uh, each Saturday. One other thing that we shouldn't forget if we're talking about uh, the actions of governments is uh, we talked a lot about this in 2015, 2016, TFSAs, <laughs> right? $10,000 limit, suddenly down to $5,000. What, what was the rationale? Tax fairness. Yeah, which all the facts totally refuted, of course. by the way. Of course. So here's what uh, Prime Minister Trudeau said to Belinda Gates in a forum uh, at the United Nations or in New York last week. And they were talking about young female liberal MPs and how it was difficult, the Prime Minister said, to retain young women uh, in government because of the so the nasty nature of, uh, of the place and the business that's done there. And then he said, here's the quote, Parliaments are built for elderly white grandpas, right? Parliaments are built for elderly white grandpas, right? So could that be racist, sexist, and ageist all in one sentence? <laughs> uh, Mind-blowing. Isn't there something fundamentally twisted about the prime minister of the country describing the place of 
of, of where, the, where the people's business is conducted, as parliaments are built for elderly white grandpas, right? Yeah. Well, it's a weird, it's a nutty, nutty weird statement that, frankly, an unserious person made. Uh, th- that's the way I read it. It's just a, a silly thing to but say. But we have to pay attention because it's the Prime Minister yeah, of know, Canada, right? Yeah. Sadly, yeah, I know. It's not the, the leader of the, the number three party. It's yeah. the Prime Minister of the country talking and about Parliament. And one of his own caucus described when he's unscripted, this was a bozo eruption. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know when he's unscripted. When he's not following his notes word for word, he and you, you Michelle, observed this in an email we had this week. Uh, he gets ah ah oh ah ah. You know, uh, I mean, sadly, the guy doesn't have. Uh, yeah, he he doesn't have the quickness of mind or the background knowledge to deal with these issues. So makes. You know, bozo statements like that one, Roy. Yeah. Parliaments are built for elderly white grandpas, right? Is he talking and, about and that? And then he's talking to Belinda uh, Gates now. Her husband happens to be Bill. Yeah, that yeah. Bill Gates. He's probably an elderly white and, grandpa. Well, well, now, I was going to say, and I, and if you go, to, if you go to my blog on the Roy Green Show page on the Chorus Radio Station you're listening to now, I wrote about this today. Bill Gates in Canada would be eligible for CPP. He's 61. Yep. 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 So you've got to be remembering who you're talking to, who your audience is when you're making bozo statements like that. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, it was it was a silly, you know, I've yep. faced no, it. It's important. made a number of statements that, yep. as you said in the intro, Roy, if Stephen Harper, a conservative, made them, yep. the media oh, would oh be absolutely oh. insane budgets balance themselves, you know, all that kind of garbage. So what do we make of the fact, and we know this from the Canadian Business Council, that there is at least one company in this country, and it's doing at least a billion dollars worth of business, maybe more, I suspect more, and they've made the decision to get out. And from what I understand, from what we said, is the owner of this business has issues with the succession laws that Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Morneau have decided they're going to have to be part of the tax regulations. So a billion-dollar business is cutting and getting out. They will not be the last, and they may very well not be the first. So what do we make of this? Scary. I, I think it goes back to something I was referring to earlier. It's not necessarily any one tax measure. It's a feeling that the government wants to discourage people from starting businesses, working really hard, and reaping. Listen, the, the well-off people already pay a ton of taxes. Let's, let's not delude ourselves. They pay over 50% easily of their income in taxes. And, you know, should it be more? I, I obviously don't think so. I think that's absurd. But the, the, the whole philosophy that we, the government, are going to hurt you if you dare to start a business, grow it, and be productive that is devastating to an economy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What was the line that Ron, Ronald Reagan used when someone said, Mr. President, how do you, how do you get to own a small business? Yeah. And start a big one and wait. And wait. Well, right? That's not nearly as funny <laughs> as it was back then. <laughs> so um, what happens now, really, with this, with this measure? because you have such a concentrated negative response. Let me just play a little bit of what the president of the Canadian Chamber of Commerce had to say about it. 
Our concern with these proposals that are in front of us today is that they may result in grave unfairness to family farmers and small business people across Canada and that we may very well find that it discourages entrepreneurship and investment in Canada and has damaging impacts on the Canadian economy. There's Perrin Beattie, who knows a little bit about being in government. And John Manley, former Liberal Finance Minister, also came out very resoundingly. Yeah, and in fact, he was the one, Roy, that mentioned the, yes, the he fact did. that he, abs- he knew one very rich person who said, I'm out of here. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, that's right. So it's pretty, it's pretty uh, comprehensive, the opposition to this, among tax professionals, businesses, people that know what they're talking about. And it's no longer, it's not a case, Michelle and Linda and Catherine, where someone can say, listening to the radio, oh, you're all conservatives and that's why you're picking on Trudeau. This is a broad-based oh. coalition that has little to do, if anything, with politics. This is about, you're harming us, stop. If Stephen Harper's government had introduced it, he'd be getting the same pushback. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, 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 of course. Uh, no, this isn't. This is irrelevant of partisan consideration. Yeah, no, no. This is bad tax policy. It's been tried many times over the years. Always promoted by senior finance bureaucrats, who, of course, personally are in very comfy, highly pensioned, highly rewarded positions with no risk to their future. Exactly. And and uh, Flaherty had the same things put before him. He had the smarts to say no, and this particular gang doesn't. Sadly. Yeah. So, but it, is, it is a philosophy, though, and, and the more I see it, and I know I have my own filters that I'm biased about, of course, but, you know, this is a very labor union-driven government. They've, they've shown it on many, many occasions, and the whole concept that if you're in business and you're actually doing okay, despite the fact that means you're employing people, you're paying them, you're growing the economy, you're growing prosperity for everybody, despite that, the unions always want to say that business is dirty, and this Policy, like I say, the more I've thought about it, this policy is directed precisely by that sentiment. We have about 30 seconds. One of my callers earlier said that he thinks it's collusion between the government and corporations. Let's put pressure on the small business so they have to sell and then the corporations buy up everything. And that's 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 like a dictatorship. I don't buy that. Well, whatever. We need small business entrepreneurs. We need direct democracy on Main Street. Yeah, but you know what he said to me after that was, can you find, can you name, can you think of one small business in your area that is owned by a, a, a family? And I said, no, I can't. Oh, I'm I can't. I'm not following. I can. I can. Yeah. Well, he I asked me, not you. In my community, in my cottage community. <laughs> totally. Yeah, well, well you, he asked Go me, rural. not He asked me, not Go you. Rural. <laughs> <laughs> Beauties, I gotta go. You're the best. <laughs> you're the best, Roy. No, you're the yep. best. Yep. No, you're the best. Amen. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Absolutely. Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca, Linda Leatherdale at Linda Leatherdale, and at Michelle Simpson. We'll come right back.